Welcome back. You are listening to Nate the Hate on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcast. Be sure to like the video and subscribe to the channel if you have not already. And if you would like to support the channel, we have a Streamlabs link in the description below. Donate any dollar amount. Ask a question. We will answer it at the end of the episode. Donate $100 or more, and we will dedicate the episode to you. And on that note, today's episode is dedicated to Shamsa who generously donated $100 to support the channel. And we thank you for your continued support and generosity. And I'd like to welcome in my co-host, Modern Vintage Gamer. Hello, Nate. It's great to be here. And what a day it's been. We got we got some stuff to talk about. We do. It has been a very busy day in the gaming world. A lot of hot takes that need to be reined in a bit, which we will do in this episode. And for those wondering what today's episode is going to be about, it's going to be about Pokemon Violet and Pokemon Scarlet. The reviews have hit and with it a controversy. And I'm very reluctant to use that word on most gaming topics, but I would say controversy may be apt in this case as yet another Pokemon has released on Switch and it is plagued with technical issues and these issues led to Twitter actually having Switch 2 and Switch Pro trend. But a lot of that were trolls who really don't understand development of gaming. And a lot of it just comes down to a lower level of hatred that Game Freak suffers from when it comes to social media. And... We're going to break down things as well as we can as to what is happening with Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, why these technical issues are present, how prevalent they are, and whether or not new hardware would be the solution to these problems or if the solution is already available. But first, we're going to talk about the reviews that came out today and the reception that the game met. So out of all the Pokemon games that have come out on the Switch to this point, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet has received the lowest review score. Sword and Shield came in at about an 83 when it released several years ago, but Scarlet and Violet currently sits at a 77 on Metacritic. So it's not a huge difference in terms of review score reception, about five points. And this is also similar to what Arceus had when it came out earlier this year in January, where that came in at, I believe, an 82 on Metacritic. So it's still within the range that we expect Pokemon games to fall into when it comes to reviews, which would be high 70s, low to mid 80s. And on Metacritic, out of the 42 review scores, 30 of them are positive, 12 are mixed, which leaves zero for the negative column. And the review scores are definitely a range. Some outlets gave it as high as a hundred. Several came in with nineties and I believe the lowest review score was a 60. So a nice spread of opinion here, but there was a consensus when it came to the game's performance. Most, if not all reviews had mentioned that there were performance issues with the game, be it frame rate resolution or just a, bit of jank, mm-hmm. which isn't all that uncommon with Pokemon games or even Game Freak games. That, you know, jank is prevalent in a lot of games. Even the highest profile games have a bit of it. Elden Ring, 
FromSoft, their games have a little bit of jank. Some find that to be appealing. It's part of the charm. But it's all about really what the jank is. With Scarlet and Violet, it's clearly unacceptable. And that has been the talking point on social media for the better part of the day and will likely be the talking point for the next week or so. I want MVG's thoughts on what you saw today for the reception that Pokemon Scarlet and Violet got, and if it was surprising to you. Well, Nate, look, I'm not the world's biggest Pokemon fan, so let, let's 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 start with that. And you know, a lot of people um, who that follow me know that I'm not, but I am very much interested in any game that comes out, and especially ones that come out on the Switch um, that either overperform, you know, the kind of the impossible port thing, or they have performance issues. And look, I I think I'm not that surprised about where Pokemon reviewed and and it's I don't want to say it's polarizing because that's not really the right word for this. It's it's a game that I think a lot of people uh, will enjoy. But I did see that a lot of the reviewers did call out the performance of this game, which to be honest with you, did surprise me a little bit because we we I think we talked about Bayonetta uh, three performance issues and it didn't seem like the reviewers were. I mean, there were there were some reviewers that called out the performance in Bayonetta three, but for the most part, the consensus was it's fine. But this time around, it was a little surprising to see initially that the reviewers had called out performance issues. And I think we quickly understood why that was the case because since then we have seen video clips appear, uh, footage appear of the game completely just stalling, you know, um, as it's essentially reloading, you know, assets uh, in, in kind of the battles of the game. So, I mean, for me, I'm not surprised where the game scored review wise i think the spread is about right there's going to be some outlets that just love the game and look i don't know if they had a different experience with performance than some other outlets but i think the spread is about right the metacritic is about right and unfortunately it it has come with some underlying performance issues that are very very much apparent and you know we're we're definitely going to kind of talk through that here um here shortly but no, look, I think the scores are about where they where I expected them to be. Yeah, as you mentioned with the Bayonetta 3 situation, is a lot of praise for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet is in terms of how the game has evolved, mm-hmm. the narrative told. And there is some regression in terms of in-game mechanics, but it feels as though the series is trying new things. It is evolving. And it's trying to introduce new ideas, but the performance issues were enough for it to be knocked down from that typical low 80 range. And it is surprising considering Bayonetta 3 largely, I don't want to use pass, that's a bit strong. No, it wasn't a pass. Like it, but the. Uh, and I talked about this when I did my, my um, overclocking video. Um, and if those haven't seen it, you should check it out. But I, I think. The difference between something like Bayonetta 3 is because the action is relentless. It, it, it never really slows down. You know, it's fast and things are always happening, especially when you're uh-huh. in combat. 
you don't even really notice it sometimes because you're just focused on the action in that game, which is pretty fast most of the time. So it does a good job in kind of suppressing that for you. But a game like this is a lot different because it's a lot more slow paced. And I think it's easier to to pick up on those things. But also to be very clear, the performance issues in a game like Pokemon uh, Scarlet and Violet are, are much, much more uh, severe than, than what we're seeing with Bayonetta 3. Right. And that's why you would see these review scores detract from what we're seeing with Pokemon. And we can get into some of the performance issues that Pokemon is suffering from. And, you know, there was a lot of social media buzz. There were clips circulating, showing frame drops, stutter, the resolution, Mm -hmm. odd performance of characters, their movements, the animations. And there was some hyperbole on social media dubbing this Game Freaks, cyberpunk 2077 and that's a very extreme take it's unfair to use that as a comparison because as we know at cyberpunk 2077 is that if you played it on pc you largely got a more acceptable experience than what you were getting if you played it on a console yeah with pokemon it's not as though there is a version that is completely broken it has right Issues. It has performance issues, but it's not a broken mess of a game where characters are T posing or <laughs> exactly. just crashing yeah. or anything to that extent. Right. And, you know, we got to remember that po- um, not Pokemon, Cyberpunk 2077 was pulled from the PlayStation Store because it was mm-hmm. just an absolute mess. The game crashed every 30 minutes. I couldn't play that game for the longest time. And then by the time they patched and fixed it, I never wanted to play the game anyway. So Cyberpunk was a disaster. This is bad, but it's not a disaster. Nintendo is not going to pull this game from the eShop. It's even though there are severe performance issues, Mm -hmm. the game is stable. And that is a key difference over something like Cyberpunk where it literally was would just crash every 30 minutes. Yes. And one of the things that we're seeing from gameplay clips when it comes to Pokemon is the animation time slicing. Mm-hmm. And that's where you would see a character, typically in the distance, run at a lower frame rate than what would be in your immediate field of view. The issue with Scarlet and Violet is that this animation time slicing is right in front of you. Characters directly in front of the main character, even in cutscenes, are running at a low frame rate for really no reason. And if you're unfamiliar with animation time slicing, this is a this is a standard feature. A lot of games use it. FromSoft uses it in most of the Souls games. Oh, yeah. Capcom yeah. has used it in some of the Resident Evil games. Pokemon have used it. Really, a lot of open world games will use it. And essentially, it is just that where characters are rendered in the distance. And this is for, you know, draw distance. So you can say, oh, you know, there's a zombie or whatever way back there. And that character is going to be rendered at sometimes half, one fourth mm-hmm. of what the frame rate the game is targeting yeah the, it's- the best one that i i can explain to the listeners is if you fire up something like um 
Mario Odyssey and you go to New Donk City and you see, you know, the pedestrians and stuff walking around, right? Um, in the distance, you can you can literally see them, you know, rendering at like 15 FPS while the rest of the game is running at normal, normal speed. And as yes. they get closer to the camera, um, they, you know, the, the frame rate adjusts to be um, at the same level, right? So, yeah, that's it's definitely... Uh, it's a trick. It's not even a trick. It's something that is used a lot in video games to just make, make sure performance is, is you know, maintained. Mm-hmm. And this is typically used just to save on CPU time. Mm-hmm. So it's just to make things, you know, easier for the developers and for the game transition sequences and such. The thing with Pokemon Scarlet and Violet is just the aggressive nature in which this is used. Because it shouldn't be happening right next to your main character. And when you look at a game like Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, it's not as though the environments are heavily detailed with dense textures and plant life and monsters on screen like you would see from a title like Xenoblade Chronicles 3 where there are many more models being rendered at the same time. This is really a baffling use of this technique in a fairly barren overworld Mm -hmm. where the draw distance has you know some pretty strict limitation yeah and that's led to you know some videos that out of context is going to look far worse than it may and that's not to forgive the problems that are being displayed on screen they are there they are prevalent though i have heard from some individuals who have been playing the japanese build that while they are seeing this appear here and there, it's largely been absent mm-hmm. in their playthrough. So potentially, not to use Cyberpunk 2077 as an example again, but we could be seeing a Cyberpunk situation again where certain individuals are encountering a large number of bugs, Yeah, whereas there are some who are experiencing none. Well, I mean, the... The thing we have to solve for here is, is the Japanese version a patch uh, ahead of the North American one? Uh, Because in some scenarios, um, you know, I've seen that happen in the past. So it's possible they may be an iteration uh, ahead. Um, But it also, you know, like you said, it could just be not out of context, but just, you know, luck of the draw depending on, on you know if if you're one of these people that have a lot more performance issues than someone else right and it could also just be you know depending on how you're playing the game yep are you you know are you rapidly spinning the camera are mm-hmm. you running through an area and because a lot of these early impressions were based on digital versions you have to at least consider the possibility of Micro SD read speed. One thing that I will say is that Nintendo tests for this. Nintendo, when the game gets submitted for lot check for certification, one of the tests they actually do is they test your game with a slow SD card read speed to see what it looks like. And this is where I, I question how this game actually got through and, you know, we can maybe speculate that. But something like this, unless the tester 
didn't didn't see it. And it's possible. I mean, like you said, um, there are reports of some versions, uh, well, some people playing through this game and not experiencing any of this. Uh, but, you know, it's something that Nintendo does test for. And I, I would think if they came across um, issues like this where there's literally um, half a second of, of the game stalling while it's redrawing uh, and re- refetching its textures and stuff, that they would have caught that out and said, no, you have to fix this. And they didn't. Yeah, if the issue was solely related to a slow SD card, Mm-hmm. I would imagine that they would have been aware of it and, you know, that would have been addressed. Right. So, I mean, obviously that would then suggest that that isn't the problem on display here, mm-hmm. that there is something else causing these issues with the stutter, the pausing, the frame drops to essentially yeah. zero in some cases. And, you know, it's just like it's, it's one of those things, though, that you should have in the back of your mind and consider especially when you don't have context and it's just a clip mm-hmm. and you don't know what model switch is the individual running on? Yeah. Which version are they running on? Is this digital or physical? If it's digital, what SD card are you using? What's the read speed? There are all those factors to consider. Yeah. And when you see clips with none of that context and none of that information, it's hard just to look at it and then walk away and say, game must be a disaster. Yeah. Cause those are, you know, contributing factors that could potentially lead to an inaccurate report. Yeah. But since the reviews have mentioned this, and that's a consensus within the reviews, that would suggest that it's unlikely that all of these reviewers happen to use, you know, bad SD cards. Right, right. Something fundamentally wrong with the game's coding or, as social media would suggest, hardware. Yeah. Well, so let's maybe segue into what what's actually happening here, um, mm-hmm. and then we can we can either make a determination on whether it's developers, whether it's Game Freak, whether it's the hardware, whether it's a combination of both. I've seen mm-hmm. a bunch of different takes today, so I ended up um, asking the question on on Game Dev Twitter to to find out what people, what what developers thought. The problem was here, and I actually got some really interesting responses back. And I will basically tell you that I spoke to a developer who works at Unity. So you would think, and they're a senior senior engineer there, so you'd think that they would have some some good knowledge on this. I spoke to someone that works at Warner Brothers. And I also spoke to a developer that works at Blizzard. So all these people are very well experienced and basically... The consensus is this: when, when we you see that scene where it's basically, it's about to switch to the cutscene of the battle itself. It it stalls because it's basically refetching its textures and its um its meshes and and its geometry, once again and reconstructing it. Now, why is it doing this? And that's that's the million dollar question. Why is it basically, you know, purging? Uh, its data and then refetching it from the SD card. And what I'm hearing from from developers is that when you have a game like this where you have a a big world that you're playing this game in, there is a play location variable that's that's tracked, right? So every time the game runs or when as the game is running, 
the code's always checking for a play location. Now, in when the battle is about to begin, what they're suspecting is happening here is that for one frame, one single frame, it's not locating the player location because it's about to transition into this battle sequence, which is like a, it's like a, it's a cut, you know? Um, and so when it doesn't find the player location, it kind of panics and says, okay, I need to, I need to basically purge everything out and then bring everything back in um, from, you know, from, from the SD card onto into memory again. And it's essentially more of it's it's considered something like a a catch-all in in this regard where it's like i don't know where the player location is i don't know where i'm currently at in the world where the camera is so i need to basically um reposition and reload everything back in and i got pretty much the same info from three separate developers that work at at triple a you know studios right so this is to me um, based on that information that this is, you know, something that could be fixed in code. This is a bug. This is not an optimization issue. This is not, you know, the switch is not powerful enough to deal with this, this issue, right? Um, this is simply a bug in the, in the code. And the question now is, well, how, how does this, how does something like this get through, right? How does it get through? I think at the end of the day, Nate, uh, and I can't, I can't 100%, you know, guarantee this because I don't know, but I know what this looks like. As someone that has worked in video games, I can tell you that this looks like a last minute thing that was added to ensure that the game doesn't crash, right? And the reason for that is simply because I believe there was a very aggressive timeline to get this game out. I think at the end of the day, Pokemon Scarlet Violet um, is something that they probably should have delayed, you know, to let's say February or March of next year, where they had a little bit more time in, you know, for the game in the oven to to get polished up. But they didn't because this is a, um, you know, the game has to come out for Christmas. It has to come out for the holiday. It's it's not negotiable. So I think they basically did a hail mary last minute thing here where for the game to not crash and run out of memory and, you know, crash back to, you know, your, uh, your operating system, this is what they did. And it's not pretty. It's in fact, it's, it's not great at all, but I think it's just a simple issue with a little more time uh, they'll fix. And I think they'll address this in a patch. I'm, I'm hopeful, you know, the first patch for this game that comes out and I'll just say, and I'm just, you know, I don't, I don't speak for, for Game Freak, but let's just assume it's in three or four weeks from now. Uh, I think this issue is number one, their biggest priority, and they'll probably fix. I feel like that is the low-hanging fruit take, mm-hmm. the surface-level take, to yeah. simply say, well, if we had better hardware, this would alleviate these issues. And it's kind of a repeat of what we saw when the developer chimed in on the Xbox Series S, yes, holding back game development of, you know, we we we're hitting thirty frames a second on certain games because of the Series S. No, you're hitting thirty frames a second because what you're trying to create on the more powerful hardware, you're you're trying to push so many boundaries mm-hmm. which are largely unnecessary. But this is a repeat that we see every generation. If you give developers tools, yeah, they want to create 
the most visually spectacular game they can. And frame rate is the concession that they make in a lot of cases. Yeah. So with Pokemon Scarlet and Violet in this case, would better hardware alleviate some of these issues? Of course. That's naturally the case that certain problems would be fixed. Is it going to suddenly make the game a visual splendor? No, because ultimately Game Freak's expertise is not in 3D visuals. So if they had a PlayStation 5 tier system, you're not going to get a game that's going to look like Demon Souls. We're ultimately probably going to get a Pokemon that looks like Elder Scrolls Oblivion. Mm -hmm. And yes, that's a hyperbole that is said in jest before you know, people take it out of context and think I'm mocking <laughs> Game Freak. <laughs> but like, like, you know, to your point of what you were talking, I've been talking to individuals today and their suggestion was similar to what you had been hearing from developers that some of this could be related to a memory leak, which we have seen in previous Switch games where it requires a hard reboot mm-hmm. and restart the game and all of a sudden, some of the problems are gone. Yeah. So for that to, you know, make an appearance in this title, wouldn't it be shocking? And as you suggested, let's say it is a memory leak on top of, you know, the memory issues that you were talking about with a bug. The good news is, is they can be patched. Right. And very likely will be patched. Will there still be issues with the game when it comes to just the overall aesthetic of the graphics yeah. on display, like the grass textures are still going to be subpar for this, you know, for 2022. That'll still be there, but the yeah. performance will be smoothed out. You're not going to be hitting the stutters and the temporary pauses. You're going to get a smooth experience, but the game's visual aesthetic is still going to be far below what you would anticipate a game of Pokemon's caliber to achieve in 2022 on switch hardware. Yeah. And look, I, I want to be clear as well that I'm not talking about visuals here. Look, the visuals, right. um, you, you, you know, we, you know what you're getting with, with a Pokemon game. Like, yeah, I know I give the game a hard time because, you know, I, I'd rag on the visuals saying it looks like a PS2 game, but look at the end of the day, this is not about visuals at all. I think the visuals in, in this game are fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's that classic Pokemon aesthetic, and it's never going to be, um, you know, 300 million uh, polygons on a screen that, that look photorealistic or anything. It's going to be, you know, pretty moderately looking as far as, you know, number of triangles on, on screen, the amount of geometry that gets rendered. That's never been something um, that, that we're talking about. We're, we're specifically talking about these performance issues. And mm-hmm. look, it's... It's pretty bad, you know, it, it, it's pretty bad, but, you know, it can be fixed and it probably will be fixed. I, I would like to think that that Game Freak, um, like I said, they knew about this. They didn't really have a choice. The game had to come out um, and they're working on, you know, addressing this hopefully hopefully soon. But, um, yeah, look... As far as the discussion around new hardware, well, it, it's interesting to talk about that because, look, ultimately new hardware would address this problem, but it's not fixing the underlying issue, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, if you get if you give developers more memory and you give them 
faster memory bandwidth and a faster processor. That alone will address this issue. Um, you know, if there's a faster way to load files off of either the flash or SD card, that will address this issue because you won't get that noticeable stutter. I mean, you may see a bit of slowdown or something, but nothing, nothing like what we're seeing now. So yeah, look, new hardware will help this problem, but it won't mm-hmm. fix the underlying issue. It's just basically masking it. And, you know, um, it, it's easier to say, yes, you know, we need, we need a, a new switch. And look, I, I, I will admit that I was tweeting, you know, trolley posts today on Twitter about <laughs> it. But look, this one is, it's a bug, you know, and, and, and that's that. Um, and I look, I'm not even blaming Game Freak for this. I'm not saying that they're lazy developers. To me, once again, Nate, I just feel like this was a, this was a Hail Mary. You know, we, had, we, we need to address um, and come up with a way to handle memory uh, and make sure that this game doesn't crash the best way we can because we don't have any time left and this is what we're going to do. It's it's not great, but it it works. Yeah, and as you're, you know, you're mentioning better hardware and such uh, how it could fix the issue. I think what needs to be mentioned alongside that is it would solve the issue if the game being delivered on that better hardware was an exact copy of what this game is in its current state. Right. And like naturally, you have better hardware. You're going to try to make a better game with better visuals, with better performance, with, you know, better textures, more models on screen. And given Game Freak's pedigree, new hardware could, once again, because they're pushing their limits, these same issues could make an appearance on better hardware. And that goes back to your point of, This is within the code. This is a bug Mm -hmm. that they need to fix. Yeah. And that's where, yeah, hardware, hardware in this specific case wasn't the problem. And we've talked about third party games, some first party games that have released in 2022 that definitely could benefit from better hardware, Mm -hmm. like Age of Calamity. Oh, yeah. MLB The Show. Right. And in this specific case with Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, we are not suggesting that. We are suggesting the current Switch is more than capable of delivering a stable frame rate, no stutter performance for what Scarlet and Violet is. Yeah, yeah. Now, I want to shift into who is to blame for this coding unoptimized release for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet because we know how Game Freak operates. This is now, you know, their fourth or fifth Pokemon to release this generation. So it's not as though they are unfamiliar with the Switch hardware. This isn't exotic to them anymore. They are very familiar with what the Switch can do and the output they can receive from it. But we as consumers are also familiar with the type of games that the Switch can deliver when it comes to an open world We can look to games like The Witcher 3, Mm -hmm. the Xenoblade Chronicle games, Mm -hmm. just as, you know, somewhat recent examples. And those games, despite some of their shortcomings on their own, far outperform both visually and frame rate wise what we're getting with Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. So what is the issue with these games? And my default answer 
would be it's not Game Freak themselves. They do have some problems when it comes to 3D design. Yeah. But the real issue comes from crunch. Yes. And I'm, I'm not suggesting they were crunching like we've seen in Western studios where they have been working 100 hours for a week over the last five months to make this release day. I mean more in the sense of this is their hard. This is the deadline. November 18th, 2022. This is the deadline. You have to release the game on this day. We yep. do not have the luxury of a delay because Pokemon is tied to merchandise, mm-hmm. anime. Yeah cards all this other merch line that the pokemon company has tied to this new generation so they want to sell the plushies of all these new pokemon that the game is going to introduce and the legendaries but this is the finish line you have to release the game on this day and as you mentioned earlier this game could have benefited from a three to six month delay yep and had it the issues that we're seeing right now would very likely not be present if the game were given that luxury of being delayed till March of next year. All of this would have been ironed out. The visuals would still be what they are, but the performance would be far superior. So that comes down to, is Game Freak just under too much pressure from the Pokemon company to churn out these games to match the merchandise scheduling or is Game Freak simply in over their head with 3D development? Um, I, I don't think they're over in over their head, but I, I will say that Game Freak has had many opportunities to iterate, to improve, and they haven't. And that's concerning, right? Um, it, se- it doesn't seem like they're, they're getting better, you know, with the hardware. In fact, in some ways, you could argue they're, they're, they've regressed a little bit, right? Um, especially... Scarlet and Violet in in the state that it's currently in, but I think you're right, Nate. This is a this is something that I don't I don't put blame on on Game Freak for. It's very again, it's very easy to say it's the hardware, it's Game Freak, but I mean, this to me just feels like they they were like you said they were in a situation where it was not simply not negotiable to push the date. They, there was so much merchandise surrounding this release. And even if Game Freak did, you know, say, look, we're not ready, I think the message from above would have been, you need to get this game out, do what, do whatever you can to get this game out. So mm-hmm. I think Game Freak themselves know exactly what's going on here. They're not, they didn't, re- look, no developer wants to release a broken game in, in this fashion. I mean, I can tell you, if this was my game and I saw that, I would be horrified. I would absolutely be horrified. No developer wants to see that. I would just have a really bad feeling in my stomach that, look, you know, why did I let this let this release? So I think ultimately, Nate, you're right. This is a crunch situation. Um, to me, this looks like they did what they could to get this game ready to go, but- this is not ideal, and ultimately, yeah, I, I blame I blame the higher ups for this. That that really they they just had no choice. They they had to move, and and this is the result of it. And look, if the if there's one comparison to Cyberpunk that I will give, <laughs> it's that Cyberpunk was the same after numerous delays. 
they said it doesn't matter we're releasing this game for the holiday and they did and it was and it was a mess and I think this is the same result here. There's just so much writing on 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 the game itself, the merchandise, the the marketing, everything around this game uh, is is something that would just be very very difficult to to pause and then push for a few months. Uh, you know, we saw what happened with with Halo Infinite on on the Xbox when it got delayed for a whole year. There's literally the Halo Infinite stuff on the box of the Xbox. There was merchandise. There was all sorts of things ready to go with Halo Infinite. And it was very embarrassing for Microsoft. And and let's be very clear, even though they didn't really say anything about it, they had egg on their face. And this would be that, but of a magnitude worse. So yeah, look, the game had to come out. Game Freak did the best they could. And and I think that's that's really all there is to say there. The amount of parallels we've made to <laughs> cyberpunk in this situation yes. is honestly pretty astonishing. It is. As you were mentioning there, cyberpunk released due to stockholder pressure yep. Yep. and investor the CEO pressure, pressure yes. and investor pressure of mm-hmm. the developers were aware this game isn't ready. At best, we can put out that PC version, but we cannot put these console versions out. Right. And the pressure was, we're doing it. You'll fix it. And that's it. And with Pokemon, it's not at that same level of pressure, but it's similar of, hey, this is the merchandise we have coming out this year. We need the game. Only once in the history of the mainline Pokemon games has a title been delayed. Yeah. That is pretty telling. And this is definitely a case where it would have benefited from a delay. And with your mention of Halo. It was embarrassing for Microsoft. And as you said, you know, Halo Infinite is plastered on the reverse box for the Series X. They had the Pringles campaign Mm -hmm. counting down for, well, that was for the multiplayer launch of last year. But they had a, they had sodas and all this stuff with marketing for Halo. And then you come out at the last, you know, really late into development saying, we're not launching this year we have to delay yeah so you almost have to give props to microsoft looking at the situation saying we can't do this and they did a repeat this year with starfield very confidently last year they came out and said starfield is releasing november 11th 2022 all of a sudden we're in the first half of 2022 what's microsoft's really their big announcement for the year we're delaying starfield until 2023 right right and that's again they looked at the game and very likely said, we could release this. It's in a playable state, but the performance is not where we want the game to be. How much more time do you need? We need X amount of time. Microsoft said, okay. And that could have been a trickle-down effect due to the embarrassing display that Halo had given them prior of, we can't do this again. We have to, we have to you know, delay the game. Mm-hmm. But at least they were willing to do it yeah game freak and the pokemon company not game freak the pokemon company specifically has to be able to look at this and say we're launching the new season of the tv show we're gonna have plushies we're gonna have the trading card games we're gonna have whatever merchandise we have ready for november that's still gonna come out the game simply has to come out a few months later because we need the game in a better state yep and in the age of patches you know, one of the 
long running jokes and also criticisms of the industry is release the beta and we will patch it. Mm-hmm. We will patch it until the game is complete. Yeah. With Pokemon, you know, we don't really see a lot of patches with Pokemon. In this specific case with Scarlet and Violet, I do anticipate that within a three month window, we do get a patch that's substantial enough to iron out all of the issues that we're seeing now on day one. I agree with that. I think they are very much aware of it and they will patch it. I mean, they they sold a lot of pre-orders. There are a lot of people that, you know, are going to find out and already know what's what's happening with this game. But I also want to bring up another point about Crunch, Nate. And I think it's important because over in Japan, we never hear about stories about Crunch. Mm-hmm. And that's simply because we don't really have those insider avenues where reporters and journalists uh, are told information about what's going on at Japanese studios because they keep a lot of that close to their chest. You know, someone like Jason Schreier doesn't have the contacts that he has with, you know, Western studios that, that you know, will um, send uh, information about about what's going on inside uh, the walls of, of mini studios here uh, in the US and, and in Europe, for example. In Japan, everything is so much more tightly knit. You never hear about this stuff, but that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. You never hear about crunch happening at um, at these studios that, you know, these first-party Nintendo studios, but that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. I mean, for me, this particular game, I, I think is really apparent just based on the the quality of this game that there was some serious crunch going on and unfortunately we'll never hear the actual story of the development behind this game but i can almost guarantee you that there were you know 60 70 80 hour weeks going on at least in the last four to six weeks to get this game over the finish line yeah, and you made a good point. With the Japanese culture, when it comes to game development, you will never hear about crunch at these development studios because there is some part of it where it's just, it's what's expected. And, you know, that's how things are. And it, it is a very secretive industry in Japan where they're just not going to disclose those type of details. Yeah. And we'll never get, you know, the full story behind Pokemon. But, like, as we were discussing with the merchandise stuff, that is public knowledge. We know the time window that Game Freak has to operate in when it comes to a new generation or a new mainline Pokemon game due to the cartoon show and, you know, all that merchandise. So we know that they're already prepping, you know, that next generation of Pokemon because the Pokemon company is looking at their scheduling of the next five years and they already have it written on the calendar mm-hmm. of November 2026 new yep. generation and that is when the new game will be launching and see that's the thing right like the the timelines for these games are so aggressive and they've already been planned out so if you delayed if you delayed scarlet and violet that would put more pressure on next year's game there would be less time and i, I think this is very much a, you know, it gives me shades of something like annual Call of Duty releases or 
well, they don't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. But when Assassin's Creed would come out every single year, it all all it takes is is one one game to, um, you know, potentially not be ready to get released, and it's it's just a disaster. And yeah, I mean, based on what you just said, there's, there's just no way that they can delay Scarlet and Violet because it's just going to impact the following game. And whether that whether that means the following game gets delayed or it comes out in a bad state. So there, there's really no there's no wiggle room here. And that really sucks because, you know, game development is is very, very hard, as as we've said so many times before. And you really don't have a choice. I mean, you have to deliver, you have to execute or you know, or that's it, you know. I mean, I, there's not even an, 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 an or in this scenario. It's you just have to deliver this game and you have to do whatever you can. And again, mm. you know, we're, not, we're never going to hear about those stories of of how this game was developed and, and what the feeling was like, the morale, you know, with, with the developers. But I, I look, I, I can just look at this and tell you that this was not a happy project for, for Game Freak, I would say. No, I would agree with you because mm-hmm. when I look at the reviews and I hear impressions from friends and colleagues, their impressions about the game itself, the gameplay, the story, very positive. Yes. You could tell Game Freak went into this with ambition. They wanted to make this a great game. And all of it just comes down to that performance. And a lot of them, they can overlook, you know, the visuals. They can say, you know, I wish it looked better. But it's just that performance where they look at it and say, there's no reason for it to perform the way it does on this hardware with what it is doing. And it's enough of a distraction that it really detracts from what the game is trying to deliver. And that's the disappointing part of this release where, you know, a delay could have alleviated these problems. But a delay is just not in the cards when it comes to no. a Pokemon game. No. And that is something that really needs to change because that can create a better work culture yeah for game freak not that i'm suggesting it is a negative toxic environment but if you let your developers breathe and you allow it to be more you know fluid as game development is it's fluid you can address these problems you can have pride in what you brought to market and you wouldn't bring this game on launch day, have all these issues go around. Because right now, you know, Game Freak isn't popping the champagne and sitting back. Mm-mm. The Pokemon company is saying, congratulations, you shipped your game, but the moment is over. Yeah. Get to work Fix on the these patch. problems. Exactly. Get a patch out. Exactly. Because this, this is unacceptable. Yeah. Even though they are the reason the game had to launch now and in this state. Yep, But they want it to be patched because they want positive word of mouth. They want those holiday sales and they want sales into next year. And that's, this isn't exclusive to Game Freak or from like the Pokemon company. This is the type of crunch you hear about throughout the industry. Yeah. Where it's always pushing for more, 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 more. I mean, I think the reason why games like Call of Duty actually do come out every year is because they swap studios. There's different, different studios that work on the game in any given year. Obviously, Game Freak doesn't have that luxury. But with that said, Nate, I will ask you this question. We know that Monolith Soft has helped with Arceus, I believe. So why didn't they get any help with any other studios to get this game over the finish line in a 
polished state. They, you would think they would have access to some resources or access to some other teams that could help them. Why do you think that didn't happen this time around? Do you think Monolith was just too busy on Xenoblade Chronicles or what, what do you think, you know, happened here? I mean, it's tough to say, you know, definitively is as to why Game Freak doesn't go that path because we know Monolith has assisted on prior Pokemon games to a certain extent. Monolith was also involved with Splatoon 3. Mm Mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild, they, you know, are assisting on Tears of the Kingdom. So it feels as though the natural solution would be that you'd bring them on, but you need, in my opinion, they need to bring them on in a larger role. It can't just be you're assisting us with some asset building because Monolith does have an asset team outside of the core development team that do the Xenoblade games. So you really need to bring an external studio to let's say build the entire overworld game freak still has say they can you know relay what they want built they can have final approval but you need a support studio to build those assets for you completely and if i wanted to use a more time relevant example i'll use perfect dark from microsoft we know the initiative is the primary developer but we also know the initiative is a very small development team that taking on a quadruple a project as they had dubbed it in job listings is simply unfeasible for them to do alone so what do they do they have crystal dynamics yeah who's building up the world and assets for the initiative while they're busy building the game so it's i need you i need crystal dynamics to build this map Once we get the map to our specifications that you have built it for us, we're doing all the character stuff. We're creating the story. We're creating the gunplay. That's, in my view, what Pokemon kind of needs. The Pokemon company, Nintendo, all parties have to come together, increase the budget, Mm -hmm. maybe increase the amount of time allotted for each game, and bring in a talented external studio to build these assets. Because then you could see real growth in the visuals but you could also address some of these performance problems and if they don't want to go that route i'm going to be potentially mocked for even suggesting this go on um game freak you've tried your best to do an hd 3d pokemon game you've tried time and time again we can see that You're almost at the cusp of delivering, but you're just not getting there. Consider just the slim possibility of a 2D HD pixel art return for Pokemon. We've seen what Octopath Traveler can do. We've seen what Suikoden can look like in HD with pixel art. Could you imagine going to to that style for a new Pokemon game? That's not a bad idea. Um, doing the HD 2D type of visual for that game actually I think would work out really well. So, I mean, I, I don't I, I don't think, you know, you should be mocked for it. I, I think it's an interesting concept and, you know, maybe they should try something new. Um, but I, hey, I, I, I do wonder if they would do that though. 
I mean, I think it would be a unique idea for at least, you know, consider, maybe explore. Yeah. And I mean, one thing maybe it has shifted perception a bit is you had Pokken mm-hmm. come out on the Wii U and the Switch where you had highly detailed 3D models of select Pokemon. And I get it was, you know, only in the range of about a dozen Pokemon. So having a full-fledged Pokemon game with that level of detail would take a long time. Right. But Creatures Inc., who builds those character models, they did it for Pokemon. They have the talent to make highly detailed Pokemon models for games. And yeah, we're never going to get a Pokemon game that looks like Pokemon tier in an open world walking around, though that's what everyone envisions. But if you can't deliver that ambitious 3D Pokemon game, look to alternative options like the 2D HD concept. Because, you know, when we have new hardware come out, realistically, you know, in your opinion, what's the next 3D HD Pokemon game going to be? Is it going to look like Skyrim? Are they finally going to achieve visual fidelity on the level of a game that came out, a, you know, well over a decade ago? Mm-hmm. Or are we going to get something more modern, more akin to, you know, Demon Souls PS5 <laughs> type fidelity? Like, of course not. No. I don't even know if I could confidently sit here and speculate that we would achieve Skyrim level of detail. No. No, honestly, Nate, I think what they should probably just do is just keep the visuals the way they are and just target 60 frames per second. I think that would go a long way to make the game um, yeah. feel, look and feel a, a lot better than what we're used to. Because that's the thing. Like When you look at this anime style that they use, you can look at other games like the Tales of Arise or any of the Tales of games, and you can see the style that you're trying to go for. But I think when I look at Fire Emblem Engaged, when they did Fire Emblem Three Houses... You know, Koei Tecmo, the visuals were jagged. They were low resolution, but the art was strong. So what did they do with Fire Emblem Engaged? They went to Gust, Mm -hmm. who's very talented with their artistic direction. And they cleaned these visuals up. Where Engaged looks like, I'll call it a generational leap, because Three Houses came out earlier in the Switch lifecycle, and now we're towards the tail end of the generation. But you could see that visual growth that we typically see from games during any console generation. Pokemon is not one of those cases. We haven't seen meaningful growth that you would anticipate from a series evolving year to year, entry to entry, as they get more familiar with the hardware. It kind of just stabilized. Like some, yeah, in certain character models, they are more detailed, but it's not as though the world setting has blossomed we don't have a tree texture to, you know, obsess over this time around. <laughs> yeah. But it just feels as though Game Freak or the Pokemon company has to assign some external assistance to Game Freak and let Game Freak do what they do best. And that's building a Pokemon game, but bring in a talented support studio to help them flesh out a living, breathing world that is engrossed in detail and you know just plant life trees all of that to make you feel immersed in the setting because as it is now pokemon the world isn't all that immersive it has a beautiful art style 
But if you're not going to impress with tons of visual spectacle and you're going to have performance issues, something needs to be done. Something needs to change. And whether it's a change in art direction, a change in visual direction by shifting it back to 2D or getting an external support studio, something has to change. One last question I want to ask you about this. I'm going to play devil's advocate for a little bit. So we've talked about performance. We've talked about the fact that this is a, a bug. It's a software problem, most likely due to crunch. Um, we, we suspect it's going to get fixed pretty quickly. It's not really related to hardware. However, let me, let me put my, uh, my, my, my cap on for advocating for new hardware. We've seen this particular game, Scarlet and Violet. It's more, it's a more ambitious Pokemon game. It came out, has performance issues. Bayonetta 3 released last month, a much more ambitious Bayonetta title, performance issues. We saw Age of Calamity that does a lot on the screen at any given time, has performance issues. Is it time for new hardware? I mean, the easy answer is yes, because, you know, next March, Switch will turn six years old. It'll be entering its seventh year on market. And that's a long time for a home console to, you know, still be here. It would definitely be towards the tail end. You could definitely make the argument that Tears of the Kingdom is the swan song. Mm-hmm. But then we have Pikmin 4 coming out, very likely the second half of 2023. We still have the yet-to-be-seen Metroid Prime 4. True. And, you know, you could definitely make the case those could be cross-generational or you know, whatever type of releases. I don't know if necessarily the titles you mentioned are strong enough candidates to suggest that what they're trying to do in terms of ambition is being held back by the hardware that they're working with. And it's just not poor optimization Mm -hmm. or rush development cycles or just, you know, a, shoddy release because if you do develop a game within the confines of the hardware that you're working with the switch in this case you probably could have avoided some of those you know problems bayonetta 3 was simply a very ambitious game and platinum is far from the most talented when it comes to optimization Mm -hmm. and you know even some of the interviews they did about pros release they did say they we added a lot of stuff to this game Maybe they could have scaled things back a bit and focus a little more on performance. I think that's, I think you said something there that just made me, uh, gave me some pause because Hmm. you said, uh, you said Platinum's not the most talented developer. And we talked about Game Freak and their, their kind of skill level. Mm -hmm. The, the problem is the Switch, it's such a tightly confined development area of, and, and the hardware is, is so rigid that you don't really have much wiggle room. You know, you could easily port these games to the Xbox Series S or X or the PlayStation 5, and none of these issues would ever come up. You would have Bayonetta 3 running at a locked 60 frames per second. It would be silky smooth. It would probably run at 4K on on the Series X hardware, native. And the reason what I'm saying is, is that the Switch doesn't, really give you that that ability to i don't want to say hide your mistakes but there's just not that amount of overhead where you can Mm -hmm. 
afford to, you know, to do that. Um, a lot of the times these games aren't optimized very well on, you know, the PlayStation and the Xbox. And that's why they do dip frames. But for the most part, they the games run pretty well. You don't have that luxury on the Switch, unfortunately. So it's, right. you know, it's it's very difficult um, if, if you're a AAA Switch developer expecting to get a good level of performance all the time mm-hmm. because, you know, the stakes are so much higher than if you had, you know, a PS5 dev kit in front of you where you could could pretty much do anything on that thing and and still make it run quite well at the end of the day right see like my only hesitation with you know the the need for new hardware just based on like these software examples in the scope of this conversation is that you know we had splatoon 3 come out very visually appealing game lock 60 frames a second clearly a game designed and tailored for the switch hardware and the specs it was targeting when we have Tears of the Kingdom come out next year, you know, again, assuming it's just a Switch game, we shouldn't, at least for now, we there's no reason to assume it's going to have performance issues. It could. We just, you know, we haven't seen enough of the game. Yeah. Um, Nintendo, internally developed Nintendo games seem to know what they need to target when it comes to this hardware. It's when we have these third-party games even if they are exclusive but they are outsourced games that come in with these issues now maybe it is a time issue maybe it's a budget issue and that's where you know we're just not getting the optimization or they're simply using engines and code that isn't well versed for the switch hardware mm-hmm. and you know we can use unreal engine 4 just as a quick example yes it's scalable yes it's compatible on the switch it has heavy concessions when it is used on Switch. You can look at a multitude of Unreal Engine 4 games on Switch. You yep. compare them to even the Xbox One or PS4 versions, and typically the Switch comes in at a lower frame rate and maybe will hit 900p on a select game, but typically it's about 720p. Mm-hmm. And in handheld mode, it can be 480, maybe you know 540. So even though you can use that engine, which would simplify things, the Switch hardware isn't fully capable of that. But when you just use that proprietary type engine that, you know, Nintendo internally would use, they are finding gold yeah. in terms of performance. Yeah. So, like, yes, new hardware is very, you know, likely sooner than later. This is an aging piece of technology. The chip is what from 2015 yep x1 is released in 2015 yeah and when you look at mobile chipsets out now or even any gpu not exclusively in the mobile sector the advances in technology the advent of dlss the fs fsr Mm 2.0 ai you know rendering the amount of advancements that have been made since 2015 in that sector is nothing short of mind-blowing. So it's definitely hitting the point of, I am aging out. It's yep. just a question of, you know, really when at this point are we going to see either a more powerful revision successor, but definitely sooner rather than later. And, you know, the Switch could probably fight its way through 2023. But it would be very 
heavily reliant on Nintendo's support of the platform because third parties are targeting far more powerful hardware with PS5, Series X. They're moving to engines like Unreal Engine 5, which, yes, technically the Switch does have support of, but realistically, what level of performance are you getting out of Unreal Engine 5 on the Switch? Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's very hard to say right now because I don't think there's any games that run UE5 on the Switch, but even still, it's. I think it's more of a a a line item on a marketing slide that UE5 runs on the Switch because we haven't seen anything. Um, you know, and we don't know what it looks like yet. So mm-hmm. I, I think we, you know, we should definitely put a pin in that one until there is a UA5 game that actually comes out that we can take a look at. Yeah, I mean, if I really want to be analytical, I could make the debate and the case that maybe at some point Scarlet and Violet was targeting Switch hardware with a better processor. And, you know, maybe Nintendo pivoted and that hardware didn't come to market yet or it was delayed or, you know, whatever. And this was the base version. And this wasn't really that original scope that they were envisioning. Yeah. You could definitely make that debate. It would mostly be conjecture. But, you know, I think you could make you could have that discussion from a a speculative point. Not that we're going to get into that now. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, you know, it, there's going to be a time where we where we talk about that. But, I mean, look, at the end of the day, Scarlet and Violet is out. It's uh, it's a decent enough game. I think fans of, of the series will enjoy it. But it's, you know, we just want them to patch it. And, and I'm sure they will over the next yeah. over the next month or so. Yeah, we just want to patch and we really want to address a lot of the talking points going around where, oh, this is just showing you that the Switch hardware is trash. It needs it needs to be it needs new hardware to alleviate all these problems. No, the hardware we have right now is more than capable of running the game. We got into that earlier in the episode, and that's really what we wanted to address here. And now we will address our Streamlabs questions that came in for the week. And our first one comes from Bench JC, who donated $2. And they write, if you are a if you are in a boss fight in real life, what would be the song you would want to play to beat the shit out of said boss? <laughs> what about um <laughs> what about the guile theme song from Street Fighter? <laughs> It's always a good one. I'm going to go with something a little more recent, only because it, it's in the game. It's got stuck on my head. The song is called Undefeatable, and it's from Sonic Frontiers. And it's kind of a hype song where you, in the game, you're kind of beating the hell out of a boss. So I kind of want, I'd like, I'd, if I were a boxer or a wrestler, mm-hmm. I think I'd want that as my walkout music. Oh, I like that. I haven't like played on, Frontiers yet, but I will. And I, I've heard the soundtrack is is excellent, so I'm actually looking forward to it. It is. Then had a $5 donation from Dan. Writes, is the Steam Deck a reasonable comparison to what you believe the Switch 2 or Pro would be from a power perspective? Even if it doesn't release until 2024, 2025, won't Nintendo use two-year-old or older technology trying to keep expectations in check? I don't think... 
it is a reasonable expectation. I think Nintendo will do something completely different than what we're seeing with the Steam Deck. I don't think, I mean, I'm sure Nintendo is aware of what the Steam Deck is, but I don't think they're looking at it and saying, this is where we need to get to. I think they already have their own thoughts in their minds about what what that would look like. So, yeah, um, I mean, the Steam Deck is running x86 and we're talking about an an ARM processor. It's it's really, Mm. it's not really the same type of comparison. Yeah, opinion. and if Nintendo utilizes things like DLSS, that's going to change the comparison further because it's going to ultimately come down to the conversation that we have every generation where Nintendo in raw specs could come in lower than the Steam Deck, but it could outperform the Steam Deck due to the way the system is optimized. It also, Nintendo won't have the overhead that the Steam Deck has because it's a PC. Mm-hmm. So some of that processing power that the Steam Deck has to, you know, assign that to all those background operations the switch to switch pro wouldn't have to be doing yeah so in raw figures steam deck could win but in terms of overall performance it could be inferior once things like dlss are factored in so it's really hard to do like a one-to-one comparison there then had a three dollar donation from south coast horizon not to not to disrespect the GoldenEye fans, but isn't Perfect Dark better in every way? I'd be more excited to see Perfect Dark in some form on the Switch. This one can go either way. Like I know people that think Perfect Dark is a better game, and I I know people that think that GoldenEye is a better game. You know, I don't really know on any given day how I feel, but in general. I would lean towards Perfect Dark as the better game. Perfect Dark is better in terms of multiplayer because it had so many options of how you could customize how you play. You could choose the soundtrack that you want to play on any map. You had bots. You could adjust the AI for the bots. You could do the weapons you could remove weapons add weapons there were so many customizations options when you came to perfect dark multiplayer um so perfect dark for multiplayer if we're talking strictly campaign i just have a soft spot for the golden eye campaign and that soundtrack and i think i'd give golden eye campaign the edge over perfect dark mm-hmm. but as an overall product perfect dark is superior to golden eye See who gets angry with that. <laughs> then had a six dollar, six dollar donation from Engineered Dev. Speaking of Goldeneye, where is it? But yes, uh, Engineered Dev, six dollars. They write, "Do you consider the phrase no news is good news applicable to the talked about Switch DLSS? Nintendo can change plans at any time, but how transparent would that change be communicated to certain trusted developer studios if it is communicated at all?" What do you think, Nate? I mean, in this case, no news is good news. I I wouldn't say it's good news. I wouldn't say it's bad news. I would just say the information that was reported on now at this point over a year ago was accurate information for the time. Um, as for change of plans, as you said, Nintendo can change them at any time. They would be transparent to partners if it's affecting project timelines Mm -hmm. um now 
just because developers may have been briefed on a change doesn't necessarily mean that information has found ways to reporters, myself, or anyone else. So that's really the best answer I can give to that question. Yeah, and I agree with that. I mean, I don't think it's a case of no news is good news. I think it's more a case of when we're ready to show you something, we we will show you something. Yeah, it's kind of a case, yeah, of... It's not good news, not bad news. It may just be there's just no news to report at this moment. Yep. Then had a $3 donation from Prototips. Right, hey there. With Nintendo's financial reports and creatures hiring for work on next-gen hardware, I must ask the forbidden question. Have you guys heard anything about the Switch successor lately, or do you stand by the info you had back in 2021? Thanks. I think we kind of answer that with the previous question of I don't have anything new to share at this time. I definitely have conversations a few times a month and get updates on certain things. I'm just not at a point of where I feel as though I can report anything new based on the information I have. So the information I gave back in 2021 in October of 2021, I believe that information was accurate for the time. And that's all I can say on that right now. Then had a $3 donation from Baron. Right. Hello, gentlemen. Do you believe that Bayonetta 3's performance played an impact on the Game Award nominations? Is there a chance that a better hardware could push the game in the conversation of getting in the top six? Thank you very much. Didn't it get nominated for Action Game? I believe so. So their question's more of what we have. Yeah, game of the year nomination. I don't. I don't think performance. Hardware. I think if the game ran at a lock sixty FPS and it was smooth as butter, I don't think it would have made a difference in the game of the year conversation. I think the game itself is is a good game, but I don't think it's. And I'm gonna probably upset some people, but I don't think it is game of the year caliber. Let's put it that way. It's good. It's a very good game. I enjoyed it, but it's not game of the year caliber. I think. It was always going to be Xenoblade Chronicles 3, and I think that game deserves its place in the conversation. Agreed. But I, had I, I like Bayonetta. Don't, don't hate me, Bayonetta people. I like it. I like Bayonetta. Yeah. It's a good game. It's a good game. I just don't think it's a game of the year. Yep. Tier game. Then had a $3.75 donation from Ride the Walrus. Bonjour. Do you think games as art are being eroded by current trends in the consumer good side of industry? Things like in-game advertisements, subscriptions, consolidation around popular game engines, Unity and Unreal, loss of physical media. I think all those things. I think all those things are absolutely valid in what you say, but I also there's there's also a flip side to that coin, and that is, I mean. Look at look at God of War Ragnarok. Look at even even a, a, a smaller game like Pentiment. You know, there's so many <laughs> great things um, aesthetically pleasing about those games in different ways, right? I mean, I want to be very clear. So I do think that you know many many games out there still um, are, are works of art, and you know look at most games that come out these days, but I do agree that there are a lot of forces at play that really just dilute that 
that experience, that feeling you get when you play a game, like like live services and and all the other things you mentioned, uh, you know, cookie cutter, um, Unreal or Unity style games that have um, asset flips and stuff like that. All those things are also very, very, very valid. But look, I think at the end of the day, the cream rises to the crop. Good games are good games, and you can really tell the amount of work that has been put in um, from an artistic vision. And I think, you know, that's not going to change anytime soon. But, you know, you're right. There are other forces at play that that do, you know, negate that somewhat. Yeah. I mean, I definitely see some games that are definitely becoming, you know, consumer heavy with how they're trying to appeal Luckily, we haven't seen anything like Sneak King come this generation. Hey, Sneak King was great. I like come that on. game. It's a Burger King game. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think MVG covered that question very well. Then had a dollar donation from Jackie G. Right. Do you think Microsoft will eventually drop the Bethesda Softworks publishing name for new releases and just unify it under Xbox Game Studios. No, I do not, because they've been very clear since the beginning that Bethesda Softworks will remain its own thing, despite being under the Microsoft umbrella. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And our final question for this week was a dollar donation from Seymour, writes, Hiya Gents. Do you think this is the Pokemon company's cyberpunk moment. Are are Scarlet and Violet so broken that they'll have to act either by making a statement, setting out a roadmap for improvements, apologizing, or even pulling the game? None of those things are going to happen. None of those things are going to happen. They will patch it, and that's it. Um, it, That patch may not even be announced. It could be a, a, a Nintendo Twitter drop or something like that, but I don't. It's not their cyberpunk moment. While it's easy, and we talked about this, listen to the episode. Hopefully, you know you have by the time you get to this part. But it's easy to say it is, but the reality is, cyberpunk it was its own animal, and um, this is this is just a, a you know a, a, a less than stellar launch with some broken pieces of code, but it's not fatal in the way that cyberpunk was yeah i mean maybe we could just get a tweet about you know an upcoming patch that's yeah, going maybe. to fix all the problems but nothing they're not going to set out a roadmap no, because no, this no. is really going to be this should be fixed in you know one or two patches this isn't going to be a year-long endeavor oh. trying to solve and they're not going to apologize typically companies try to avoid apologizing because that could potentially open up, you know, lawsuits and everything else. So if they just ignore it and fix it in quiet, they avoid that type of stuff. But it's definitely a, you know, it's a blemish for the Pokemon company. But nothing beyond that. And that's the final Streamlabs question for the week. We did have a $100 donation from Shamsa, whom this episode is dedicated to once again. And if you'd like to support the channel, we have a Streamlabs link in our description below. Donate any dollar amount, ask a question. We'll answer it at the end of the episode. Donate $100 or more. We will dedicate the episode to you. And with that, I'd like to thank MVG for joining me as always. Always a pleasure, Knight. Thanks for having me on. And let us know your thoughts in the comment section below on about what you think 
about the state of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet and the information that the developers relayed as how it is a memory issue, not a hardware issue. If you agree with that or you think these developers are just wrong in their conclusion. And if you liked the video, be sure to give it a like. If you didn't, give it a dislike and subscribe to the channel if you have not already. And until next time, continue to embrace the hate.